Welcome to the Diversity and Inclusion On Air podcast. This podcast is a program of the American Association of Veterinary Medical Colleges Diversity Matters Initiative. The podcast explores various issues related to diversity and inclusion in the veterinary profession and provides the AAVMC an opportunity to offer ongoing diversity programming to our member institutions as well as all veterinary professionals. My name is Dr. Lisa Greenhill and I'm the Chief Diversity Officer here at the AAVMC. So today we are talking about yet another DEI group that emerged out of these social uprisings from the summer of 2020. Now, I've discussed that period of time a number of times. It's kind of somehow a lot of the shows over the last two years have tied back to um, the events of 2020. Um, because it was just so pivotal, I think, for so many of us personally and professionally in terms of the development of diversity, equity, and inclusion programming writ large, but also specifically within the veterinary profession. So during that summer, many folks um, called for AVMA to dust off the diversity task force report um, that was created way, way back in the time machine, 2020. 2006. And that task force, of course, was sunset after it completed its work. But much of the items in the report didn't really get much attention in in the um, subsequent 15 years or so. And so the uprisings in the summer kind of Uh, really sparked um, a bit of a fire for a lot of folks. And um, to say that there were calls were probably a little bit polite. They were more like demands (laughs) of of veterinary organizations during that time. And so um, during that period, the AAVMC, I'm sorry, the AVMA, AAVMC DEI Commission was created to chart a course um, for all of us to be more responsive to underrepresented and marginalized communities who are part of the profession. So today, my guests are the commission co-chairs, Drs. Christine Jenkins and Dr. Ruby Perry. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello, and so welcome to the show. Um, as is our custom on the show, I like uh, to give my op- uh, my guests an opportunity to introduce themselves and tell our viewers and listeners a little bit about um, who you are, how you got here, what's your background, and and all of that good stuff. So, uh, Christine, we're going to start with you. Oh. Thank you, Dr. Greenhill, but I'm going to refer to you as Lisa because we go back many, many years. So thank you for the opportunity to be here with you today with my co-chair, Dean Ruby Perry. My role, current role, is uh, Chief Medical Officer and Vice President of Veterinary Medical Services and Outcomes Research at Zoetis. And so I am the chief medical officer for our U.S. operations division. My work there also includes the opportunity to work closely with the colleges of veterinary medicine in the U.S. and Caribbean around key issues in the profession, including diversity, equity, and inclusion, veterinary well-being, 
Also, workforce challenges is a very hot topic across the profession. So I have the opportunity with other leaders from Zoetis uh, to work closely with the profession. My passion around diversity, equity, and inclusion started actually when I was an intern at the University of Florida. When um, I was uh, pre-vet at the University of Florida, they asked me to help recruit way back when at uh, historically black colleges and universities. So I was one of those volunteers that would go to various career days across the Southeast, trying to influence uh, young undergraduates, uh, in particular students of color, uh, encouraging them to consider veterinary medicine uh, as a profession. So my DEI career, even though we didn't have a name for it back then, we called it minority recruitment. Really started um, when I was uh, uh, in a post-bac health careers opportunity program at the University of Florida. That was a long, long time ago. And when given the opportunity with various organizations, I have. Uh, worked for either as an academician in the early years, but also at the four companies where I have worked uh, in the animal health industry, I oftentimes volunteer to do similar types of work. But also uh, as a part of my day job, I love developing strategies. So when the opportunity, when AVMA approached me about co-chairing, uh, with uh, Ruby uh, to help lead the commission. It fit well into my wheelhouse of interest. So I thank you, Lisa. I am a veterinarian by training. Uh, I am a small animal internal medicine specialist, but it's been a long time uh, since I've actually laid hands on animals that did not belong to me. So with that, Ruby, I'll hand it off to you. And, and thank you, my uh, co-chair, Christine, and thank you, Lisa, for inviting the two of us to uh, just talk about our journeys and 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 what uh, how we appreciate the, the development of the DEI commission. So for me, I am a Tuskegee grad uh, 1977. I am um, I'm currently the the dean of the college and have been since 2015. Um, my life started, my life, my life actually started at birth, but I won't go back that far. <laughs> but my my journey um, into veterinary radiology, which is my discipline, I'm a boarded radiologist. And I was, I remember my mentor who was the first boarded African-American uh, radiologist, Dr. Ellis Hall. And in his class, I um, and when I was did my internship, I came to him and I said, you know what, radiology can't be this difficult. And he said, no, it can't be. So let's do some reading. And after that, I just got inspired. I didn't want to be a radiologist. I wanted to be a surgeon. And so I, I went on to do my residency training at Michigan State University. Some of the DE&I uh, DE&I experience I had there as, as well. My passion for DE&I began when uh, being um, a product of um, Tougaloo, Mississippi, I lived that experience in desegregation. So we were trained in, in, at really young, at a young age. 
and uh, contributing to the that process and the outcome of uh, being an activist for human rights. And so I was actively involved in that. And then part of the pathway that Michigan State had with Tuskegee University at that time in this, um, which had, uh, we were calling it a pipeline, but now it's pipeline slash pathway or vice versa, means the same. Uh, and so I was part of that in, in the, uh, getting students opportunities to go into specialty training. And so that's um, that's how I got started. And I, again, I've lived that life, and I, I, my purpose and passion around it is 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 what I've been trained to do when I was young and been in it for a long time. And so it's it's a joy to serve with Christine Christine on the DEI Commission. And so when I was called by um, AAVMC, I I I said, well, who is the other person? And they said, Christine Jenkins. I said, well, give me a moment to have a conversation with her because uh, I wanted to make sure that was the case. And that was the case. And so the rest is history. And it has been a wonderful journey serving with her. Well, I do have to add, Lisa. Oh, yeah. I am a proud graduate of Tuskegee University. <laughs> But also, I am a proud grad, undergraduate graduate of Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University here in Tallahassee, Florida. So I am a product of uh, two HBCUs. And I think that uh, our backgrounds as HBCU graduates definitely adds uh, at least to our knowledge and experiences that hopefully we can help bring our profession along. Yes. And not only that, um, for those folks that, you know, kind of side eye minority serving institutions. Hello. <laughs> right. Like these are two amazing women in the profession. Everybody knows who they are. Like they have left their stamp. Like, so don't don't side eye MSIs and HBCUs and all of those. Like and I also want to uh, shout out. Um, uh, uh, oh, yes, there's a bit. So we also have, the chat is open. We're already seeing comments. Uh, Dr. Um, Maya Sullivan says, TU, you know, so, <laughs> so Tuskegee is in the house. Um, but I also wanted to shout out, um, Christine, you mentioned HCOP programming. Um, there are not that many HCOP programs left. I think it is just so little money. But I think it's really also important for folks to understand and know that so many underrepresented, especially African-Americans, Black veterinarians in the U.S., came up through um, not only uh, HBCUs, but also came up through uh, HCOP programming um, on their their professional path. So, um, you know, it's it's not a program that we hear much about anymore because it kind of again it's been defunded. But um, we really in the profession owe a huge debt um, to the contributions that um, were made through HCOP. So let us dig in, Christine. What is the commission? What a great question. So obviously you've already heard that both Ruby and I were tapped by the um, AVMA and the AAVMC to co-chair this commission. And so first and foremost, this is a major collaborative effort between those two organizations. And also we uh, 
pulled in other uh, leaders from across the veterinary profession that have both a track record in DEI or merely uh, a passion to do something about uh, improving diversity, equity, and inclusion for the vet profession. This commission um, is uh, committed to promoting DEI uh, to serve all stakeholders. So our remit is extremely broad, is as broad as you can get when it comes to uh, the broad spectrum around the needs of DEI in the profession. We also wanted to promote the value of DEI throughout the veterinary profession, do what we can to increase the awareness around the needs but also to uh, increase the interest in us pulling together broadly across the profession. Part of the work that we started to do as the commission was to develop, um, make strategic recommendations to increase diversity among veterinarians, veterinary school applicants and enrollees house officers, including residents and interns, I'm going to say, and graduate students who hopefully will continue to, to lead um, and teach uh, in our colleges of veterinary medicine, as well as um, paying close attention to increasing the pool of board certified specialists. Yes, uh, Ruby and I have a certain bias there. We also wanted to, um, as the two broader organizations, encourage and assist other veterinary medical associations and animal health companies in um, finding ways to measure, but also to improve DEI within their own organization. So our remit was fairly broad. Yeah, that is that. That's a lot. Uh, <laughs> that is a lot uh, for folks that are watching live. I have dropped a uh, link to the commission page from AVMA, and I'll certainly also include that in the show notes. Um, so, you know, Ruby, then there were so many groups that were really in, interested in um, somehow participating. Right. And so there were so many folks. Um, that, um, you know, threw their hat in, said, I really want to be a part of the commission. And um, can you tell us just a little bit about how the commission was was structured? Certainly, like I said, um, we know that there were members, there were um, advisors and, and all of these <laughs> myriad of people. You know, in the, in the, uh, and thank you for that question, Lisa, that will we, uh, got started, we, we we realized that there were so many uh, uh, people, uh, veterinarians who, and, and then there were some non-veterinarians as well, who wanted to be a part of something good. Uh, and when, when something is, is moving, that's making a, a change, people want to be uh, on board, you know, with that. And so we had all of these. It was a joy reading through all of these bios, and and you know, just like any organization, you don't want. Uh, well, not that you don't want. It's not effective to have a huge group. Right. Uh, so we knew we had to pare it down to a reasonable uh, number. So we, it even took time and effort to determine what that number would be. Uh, and so we we decided that. 
to the best of our ability, going through all of the all of these these persons who said, I want to be a part of a, a group that's working together to change the landscape of the veterinary profession. And when, you know, that as, uh, now that we realize that we don't want to be the least diverse uh, profession of all the healthcare, and who wants to be labeled with that? Yeah. Uh, and so having this group come together with the same mindset, the same purpose, the same charge, and making a difference and changing that stigma. We wanted to do that. And so we just, we went through, Christine and I, and then our other team of AAVMC members and AVMA members, and it's like, guys, this is a great person. Oh my God, that's a great person. Oh my God, that person could bring so much. So we went through all of them and we still stuck with, we're still left with all of them. So we went back through uh, a second and third, I think four times, Christine. Then we were several times that we went back through uh, that list and trying to pare it down. Um, and we just ended up with those. Um, we wanted to make sure that the group was diverse. That was number mm-hmm. one, of course, because that's what we represent. And then the, those who we thought could do more uh, on the advisory side, we, we asked them to be on the advisory board. And then the rest would, would, would work with us in the meat and potatoes of getting the work done. And that's how we ended up with such a great group of members on the commission. But it was not easy. No, no. There are about 16 members, I believe. So Yeah, yeah. but we started with a lot. <laughs> a lot of folks are really interested, which is a good thing, right? Yep. But, you know, you know, I think lots of organizations and communities kind of go through this process. And, um, you know, I know that there was a lot of discussion about, you know, blue ribbon panels and commissions and task force and all of these collectives that um, that we have that kind of produce recommendations and reports and those types of things, you know, certainly um, there was a pre predecessor to this uh, 15 years ago. What makes this commission and this moment different? Boy, that's a, that's a tough question. And, and I guess if you had asked me this a year ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to come up with the answer, but I think the major difference is that we challenged ourselves to come up with an action plan that would be implemented. And the difference is, is that the commissioners didn't hold back. <laughs> so it could be, it was sometimes challenging for us um, to pull together uh, the various different ideas and thoughts that people had around the approach. But what we wanted to do is to make sure that we were able to uh, influence actionable planning uh, that could be led by both ABMA and the AABC. Uh, So I, I think that that is the difference. And so I would say the outcomes of the, uh, gosh, how many years? Two years of work, seems like five, but it was two. <laughs> um, uh, were the uh, present day outcomes of the work. And I think the pressure 
um, from society, which was much more intense at the time this commission was pulled together. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we just had to continue to be able to respond to the various uh, societal pressures that were going on uh, due to the uh, various events. But may I add that this came together during a pandemic. Yes. Which made pulling our team, the commission, as well as the advisors together in a collaborative way, the fact that we didn't feel safe meeting in person. Yes, I was the most paranoid one out of me and Ruby, Um, but (laughs) But I had had COVID, right? Yeah. And, and had gotten very ill uh, during early 2020. So um, that made our work even more challenging uh, to pull the team in together in a timely fashion in a way that we could start to outline the, the strategic approach. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, to add to that, we had great facilitators as well, um, just a great uh, support staff. Uh, just to keep us on uh, point, yeah. uh, because when you're passionate about something, you end up um, uh, taking it personal, mm-hmm. and it's not about uh, it's about what what is our charge and what is our goal. Uh, and so we wanted to make sure we stayed on task, you know, with achieving those. And uh, it, it's it's um, and the stories and that you hear about the the different members on the team and what they bring. Uh, were just phenomenal in, in hearing that in their stories. And so that was that was another great piece mm-hmm. of this commission as as well. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, a broad uh, kind of representation um, on the commission. You had um, some diversity, certainly about kind of where folks were in their careers. So there was, you know, some students, uh, recent grads, and then some, you know, seasoned uh, (laughs) professionals that were out there, you know, doing things. Um, uh, There was corporate folks there. There were researchers there. There were just, it was a really um, uh, diverse group. And I also think that, um, you know, it's, it's, it is, it was a different time and there were lots of different pressures. Um, and certainly, um, you know, AVMC and AVMA were under a lot of kind of pressure to respond to the ongoing chaos in the middle of a pandemic, right? And so everyone is really stressed. Everyone is really kind of going through things. And then um, for folks that maybe don't remember, we were dealing with issues around race. And then there was that unfortunate <clears throat> veterinary related incident with um, Congresswoman AOC um, and former Representative Yoho. Um, so where apparently there was some name calling. We'll just leave that there. <laughs> there was some name calling. Um, and, you know, that also kind of bubbled up within the profession around um, issues related to gender. Right. So, you know, the diversity piece um, certainly started out kind of those conversations about um, race. But but to your previous point, Christine, it was a broader kind of, um, um, you know, uh, outlook in terms of thinking about DEI. Yeah, Yeah. it was a lot going on. It was a lot going on. Yeah, we would plan what we thought we should talk about during the meetings. And then 
either incidents would happen um, or organizations would reach out to us for us to help them mm-hmm. at a time when we were um, what we call forming and storming and trying to pull together a commission. I know from a cultural standpoint, um, I learned a lot. You know, I thought as a, I'm one of those seasoned leaders, right? I've led a lot of teams and various groups. Um, but uh, it was challenging. Yeah. It, it was challenging. And um, I realized that, you know, these people don't work for me. So I can't tell them what to do, right? <laughs> they didn't work for Remy either. She couldn't tell them what to do. So, so we did have to find that way um, to pull folks together and, and uh, build consensus and alignment. But I think in retrospect, it was good that we challenged each other because yeah. issues we were facing are extremely challenging and it is not easy. Yeah. And they are all personal, right? We're talking yes. about how people move through the world and how they um, uh, how they show up in veterinary medicine, right? And so... Um, and, and we know you all love your profession, right? Um, we, you know, we love, we love the veterinarians and veterinarians love being veterinarians. Um, but it was personal, right? Um, so while the interpersonal stuff wasn't necessarily personal, these experiences that people were trying to figure out how to make sure that folks behind them didn't have um, to experience, that, that was personal. So yeah, Ruby. Yeah, I was just going to uh, add to that, too, uh, Christine, that I I learned quite a bit my myself. Uh, I, living the experience doesn't mean that, you know, uh, the strategic uh, platform and background, a foundation of what it takes to actually implement DE&I and now belonging in the workplace uh, I didn't know. I, I so I after that after this commission, I signed up for a DEI course, uh, and uh, which which I wanted to broaden my experience as well. Just because um, I, I'm thinking, oh well, I, I live this life. Uh, you, you you have that, but when you when you actually, how do you how do you roll that out into a larger group? of people, how do you strategically say that this is the best way? So I didn't have that background and that's gonna lead us to an outcome, you know, what we're gonna talk about later, but that is, um, I learned a lot strategically around DE&I. It's not not easy, um, but it's very much doable, very much doable. And so if you work together, making sure that you stay you know, on course and on chart on, and it's good to hear differences of opinions too. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's good. And that's also healthy, but you can agree and not be disagreeable. So we had, we had a, a few of those challenges, <laughs> but they were good. Uh, that was good. You had to learn to listen. Oh my gosh. So we're students as well in this commission. Mm. So what were some of the biggest challenges I think initially the biggest challenge is that I think uh, uh, the commissioners uh, had different ideas around the approach, Mm -hmm. but also the remit of the commission. Mm -hmm. 
So, and then Ruby and I had our, you know, what we thought we had been charged to do. And so um, fortunately, we could rely on AVMA leadership as well as AAVMC leadership to help keep us uh, moving forward and on target. And so, um, and, you know, AAVMC under your leadership, Lisa, had a more, uh, you know, built out strategy with a track record, right? Where all of the programming that you have implemented over the years, um, we are starting to see the fruits of your labor. So from the CBM side, we had a well-structured machine in place. Not saying you have all of the resources that you need because no one does, right? Right. However, on the AVMA side, I think they have been plagued more by start and stops yeah. Yeah. over their legacy of their journey around DEI. Well, move, you know, forward to 2020, 2021, the pressure was on. Yeah. So a lot of the um, work that the commissioners wanted us to deliver was around helping uh, build out that framework from the ABMA side because ABMA represents the broader profession within the United States, mm -hmm. which meant that they ABMA had to play catch up. And so I think, you know, when we talk about uh, outcomes, um, you know, we helped um, that organization get to where they needed to be to invest in developing the framework so they could develop a broad range, short, mid, and long-term strategy around DEI. So although painful, I'm happy to say we were able to influence that change. Yeah. Yeah. And in addition, uh to that, another challenge was uh, ensuring that we did not forget those uh, who been in this DNI space long periods of time and have made their contributions. And we did not want to end up being another document on the shelf hmm. to say, oh, oh, we just checked the box. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to make sure. Uh, that we did not fall in into that that area. Yeah. And the again, the other, and I mentioned this before, is that when you're passionate about something, you 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 end up. You just want to make sure that. And again, I mentioned about that, and Christine as well. Is that's just let's just stay focused. There's a lot that needs to be done. A whole lot that needs to be done. <laughs> around DE&I and belonging, yeah. a whole lot that needs to be done around that. We can we can stop uh, the momentum when you get started uh, with the discussion and get enrolling. You get caught up in, oh my gosh, are we making a difference at all? But I'm here to say that if you look back, you'll find that you've gone further than you realize even though it doesn't feel that way when you are in the battle, when you're in it, you don't feel like that you're right. making a difference, but you do. Yeah. I, I, 
For all you yeah. listener, like listeners of the podcast, I am snapping right now because yes, it's <laughs> it was many years before I was like, oh wait, something's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So what has been accomplished so far? So we know that there's, um, you know, one of the big um, uh, goals was, of course, to have this kind of plan. Right. And so the plan is, uh, again, I dropped the link in the uh, live chat and it will be in the show notes. Um, but, you know, there's there's it's it's a it's a big plan, um, you know. I think five stages and then like short term, medium and and long. Um, yeah. So so what what happened? <laughs> what was the win? <laughs> so so I think the um, two most positive outcomes of the uh, the strategic proposal that we shared with the leadership of both AVMA and AAVMC started with. Um, the strong recommendation that AVMA hire a chief diversity experience, chief diversity officer with a successful track record in DEI. And also, I think I can share that um, we felt strongly that that leader should uh, report up to. Uh, Dr. Janet Donlan, who is the CEO of AVMA. And um, for those of us who work for many organizations that might dabble in DEI or commit to DEI, we know that for DEI strategies to work, that uh, it has to come um, from the top and it has to be built into an overall DEI strategy. Uh, the other outcome, Ruby, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but um, part of what we had recommended was what could we do to support other veterinary organizations despite the size, despite their mission, right, uh, in their DEI journey. And so we were happy uh, to see that the VMAE, which is the Veteran, Veterinary Medical Association of Executives, VMAE, uh, partnered with AVMA, and they have recently launched Journey for Teams. And that is a roadmap with tools that organizations can use, including veterinary practices or academic uh, organizations, um, where uh, they can uh, get the tools that they need uh, to support them in their DEI journey. Okay. So those are the two um, deliverables that tied nicely back into the strategy that we proposed. Yeah. Great. Go ahead, Ruby. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, add to that um, also, Christine, in, in terms of uh, outcomes. You know, when we we started, we found out that there, there there's so many organizations that are uh, having efforts in DE&I. And so why not have some type of platform where you're working together why not, you know, we say this all the time, it's a cliche, why, why are we reinventing the wheel when there's, there's 
information out there. There are uh, strategies out there. There's modules out there that's already working. Uh, why can't we partner? You know, we talk a little more about partnering now than ever before. You know, not only is money revenue uh, is a, a, a problem, how, why not strengthen and enhance when you can work together with these groups that already made ways. So, uh, and we don't want to be in a, a vacuum either to say, well, this is what we did or this is what I did. No, this is what it's going to take all of us working together uh, and be on the same page on this, or as they say, in the same, on the same page in the pl same playbook uh, to make sure that we're going in the same direction uh, with that as well. So I agree, uh, Christine, those were the, the two major uh, outcomes that came out of the, the commission that we're pretty proud of, about. Yeah. You know, we, you know, we want to also acknowledge the, um, you know, the, the presidents of the uh, AAVMC and AVMA at the time, mm -hmm. When this all got started with um, uh, Dr. Cred and Dr. Markell, um, who 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 are no longer in those positions, but you know they it's when you have powerhouses, yeah. Well, power homes, power room, yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to call them, power. Yeah. You in control, whatever. Uh, can get together and and decide on something that is good and work together, that is a major uh, accomplishment. Yeah. And, and so I, I just want to acknowledge those two as well on the, pro on the program. Awesome. I want to shout out, of course, Dr. LaTanya Craig, my uh, counterpart, the Chief Diversity Officer at AVMA. She and I go way back and uh, we talk sometimes daily. Good to chat about really kind of knitting programs together and, and not duplicating efforts, but really, you know, having a highly collaborative relationship because that's what's necessary for, for success in the long term. So uh, shout out to, to Dr. Craig. I hope to have her on the show at some point, but we're still letting her get her sea legs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and her. So, so the commission, I guess it was Monday of this week, we had the privilege of um, hearing um, the vision that Dr. Craig has, of course, working closely with the AADMC and your team, uh, Lisa, around uh, implementing a robust strategy. And it was like a lot. I cannot believe what you all have gotten done in the short term that Dr. Craig has been in her position as the Chief Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Officer at ABMA. My hat's off to her. Yeah. Uh, but we were we were flabbergasted and, and pleased and happy. And uh, that was the happiest commission meeting I think we've had. Um, it, it was it, 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 it just something it we got there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was good. Um, I do want to acknowledge there's a, a question in the chat. Um, I've actually answered it in the chat, but I did want to let folks know 
Um, so the question from Dr. Sullivan was, um, how can the DEI commission teach or inform undergrads and vet students at HBCUs on how best to best strategize when encountering diversity issues? Is this something the commission would even address? And, and my response to that was um, that the commission really is looking at things at that organizational systems level versus kind of the individualized strategy pieces of kind of what those things would look like on the ground. Um, that said, uh, Dr. Perry and I are actually working on, we have a working group here at AAVMC um, on minority serving institutions, of course, which HBCUs are, are um, MSS as well. Um, and we're looking at ways of connecting, um, doing outreach education, and um, um, really working with pre-health and pre-vet advisors at um, MSIs. And so um, very excited, just got a big grant from the Margaret A. Cargill um, Philanthropies uh, to fund that. Um, and so we will be rolling that out in 2023. So as we start to wrap up, um, what is the future of the commission, right? Um, so, so what next? Is it sunsetting? Is it staying? Is it expanding? Do we even know? What's next? Well, I think the first step was to allow uh, Dr. Latonya Craig to, uh, to get her footing, as you said. And for her to take a look at what the commission had recommended as far as short, mid and long term um, goals uh, within the uh, strategic recommendations. And so um, Ruby and I actually talked about this earlier today, just because we always check in with each other. right? <laughs> and we feel that the role of the commission is to supplement um, pretty much in an advisory, continue in an advisory capacity, both the efforts of the AABMC as well as the ABMA. And we do feel that the commission, whether it morphs into, you know, a different group or morphs into a different role, the bottom line is you've got the commitment of a lot of, uh, of uh, veterinary colleagues who have a true uh, passion for DEI in the profession. And so we would love to continue to be the sounding board for ideas, um, but also res a, um, a resource uh, for the work that uh, needs to continue uh, that we've only just started from the broader veterinary profession side. So we, we're still trying to catch up with you, Lisa, and all that you've done for the colleges. Ruby, what are your thoughts? I, I, I definitely agree uh, with that. We did have a discussion, Lisa, on that on the board, not the board, on the commission uh, at one of the meetings in terms of what's next. Uh, it, it's again, we're just not checking a box. Uh, this is, this is, um, what is it? This is a race and not a sprint. Is yeah. that the delay? So there, and how many times did I say there's a lot of work that needs to be done? So you don't just stop and give it to the baton for just one person to lead. We still have a role in um, this this race. Yeah. Well, this journey, I should say race, in yeah. this, this journey. So AVMA now has a DEI person. See, AVMA got to catch up with AAVMC now. 
say, give AABMC a shout out. Now, I am an ABMA member uh, and I have been since I graduated. So therefore, I can say what I want to say because I am now um, I'm a, one of those members that I don't have to pay dues because I've been in there every single year since I graduated in 1977. So for those of you who are not ABMA members, you need to be one. Uh, and so uh, I'm not getting paid a dollar for saying that, but that is important to be a part of a group uh, that oversees the veterinary profession, one that we love so much. Uh, and so, so yes, there is still a role for us. Um, and so Dr. Craig needs the support. Uh, you need the support. So your ideas that you've been pushing for many years now may be able to come, be filtered through an advisory group. Who knows? Yeah. So we have to come back and talk about who those members are going to be. Mm -hmm. um, maybe a, a, a rotating plan where you serve and so that many others uh, can serve. That's what makes it good and healthy when you get yeah. new people, new ideas uh, coming uh, into the commission. So that's great. How are we going to better use the advisory board? So that's a lot of uh, questions that we have to ask in terms of what this commission is going to look like, you know, with now that we have uh, Dr. Craig on board. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, thank you so much for, for the shout out, but uh, and at AVMC, but there is still, as, as both of you have, have said and acknowledged, there's so much work to be done. Um, you know, the last few years, just for, for me and at, at AABMC, I've kind of taken it back all the way back and said, you know what, we're going to focus on basic DEI education for our members yeah. with, you mm -hmm. know, community reads and film festivals and unconscious bias trainings and those types of things that um, really kind of pull people in and give them some of that new um, knowledge and framework, frankly, that you were talking about, Ruby, earlier, because it's like a lot of us have these, um, everyone has lived experiences in which they um, may have had a moment of, of marginalization, right, or an experience with marginalization. Um, but, 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 you know, Doing DEI, doing DEI work is is a bit more than just leaning on that, right? You have to get to that to kind of programmatic, strategic level, and and so there's still so much work for all of us to do. So, um, you know, AVMC ain't resting. Like we're, we're still we're still in it, and I'm very again very excited to to be working with Latonya. So yeah, good stuff. Yes. And so, yeah, join AVMA um, so that you can be seasoned years from now uh, and be on the 27th year of the podcast. I, I will not be doing this. <laughs> Let me just say that. Like, I'm going into year seven. And I will say, uh, so yeah, as we get ready, as we wrap up the show, I did not expect that we would still be doing the year, um, doing the podcast seven years uh, later. Um, I've said numerous times that I, I went into Dr. McCabe's office and said, hey, I have this idea. Um, I'm, I explained it about a, a little bit and he was like, it's a well, webinar. No, it's this thing's called podcast. And, you know, I got this idea. And if you never hear me talk about it again, it failed. And we're just not going to talk about it. <laughs> and so it's been on for how many years? Seven years. We have more than a hundred episodes, and oh, wow. um, so there's there's a little something for for everyone. But there's always new topics. 
so for us to explore. So, so how do we go back and get and listen to some of them? So you can come to, you can go to our YouTube page, um, Diversity and Inclusion on Air um, on YouTube, um, or you can find it on your favorite podcast app. Look up, look it up under AAVMC, parens, I mean, not parens, uh, apostrophe, diversity and inclusion on air. But if you find, if you search it through AAVMC on your favorite podcast app, it should be there. So, okay. Yeah. We got a deep catalog, deep catalog. So with that, uh, this has been another episode of AAVMC's diversity and inclusion on air to both of my guests whom I love, adore, and admire so much. They have been there both for me um, and throughout my career hanging around you all, veterinarians. <laughs> um, and no, so I, th- th- I thought we, 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 we made you a member. Did, yeah, did, you did, honorary did, member. You're one of us now. <laughs> Thank you. Now M- AVMA is going to send me that invoice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're going to have to pay your dues. I know, right? <laughs> But thank you so much to Dean Perry and Dr. Jenkins. Thank you um, for for coming on the show and and talking about this really important development um, in organized veterinary medicine, because it it really is a big deal. So thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So be sure to uh, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. Um, And just as an FYI, the uh, Facebook page associated with the podcast will be migrating. Um, All of that content will now be available on the AAVMC's social media uh, channels. So uh, migrate on with that. We'll be um, closing down that page uh, sometime probably before the end of the year. But don't worry, you'll still have content. Uh, Thank you so much for viewing and for listening. And we will see you next time. Thank you.